City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone to the Greats in 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris Pugh. How have you been, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Craig. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. We begin this week's show by looking back at the 3-0 defeat to Everton in the FA Cup semi-finals. The game took place on Wednesday evening, just three days after we played the FA Cup quarter-final. It felt a bit weird, Chris, going into such a big game and it being midweek. Uh, did you feel the same? Um, not so much midweek, but the three-day factor from quarter-final to, to playing in an FA Cup semi-final. I think there's an element that you want to enjoy that quarter-final victory in, in any other season. Obviously, we'd have had We'd have had time to to to, to re- revel in that victory, to you know, to, to to learn from what we did well, you know, build confidence on that. But actually, then you you said you're told bang straight back into it for for the semi final. So it was difficult. Whereas on the other hand, you can say if the shoe was on the other foot for Everton, you say you know you beat Chelsea, you want to go straight away again. There's that element to it. But obviously, when you've you've got a squad like Everton's. You, you can do a bit more than than what Blues could. So, yeah, tough, very tough. But again, after the effort they exuded against Brighton, it was it, it was always going to be tough. Yeah, it was always going to be tough. And uh, it was made a bit tougher when Georgia Brome was cup-tied for this game. Georgia's winning penalty last weekend sent us to the semi-finals, which is probably the biggest shame of this whole congested FA Cup competition that she didn't get to play after having such a big moment in the last round. And... Uh, Gemma Lawley was handed a debut for Blues as a result, though, so that's good to know. The uh, I think she's 18-year-old defender gets a chance to play for the Blues. It's nice to see that she's coming through, Chris. She didn't do anything too wrong in her first debut for the club. Yeah, I mean, w- w- what an introduction to, to you know professional football to be thrown in at the deep end, the deepest end in an FA Cup semi-final live on BBC. So fantastic bravery and courage from from her and from Carla and and the squad to. To, you know, to, to give her that opportunity, they obviously think a, a hell of a lot of her to, to, you know, to have to do that. They could have mixed around the back four a little bit and rejigged the side, but they've they've got enough confidence in her to to go out and and do it. Fantastic for her and a really good building step and a learning step for her in her development. Emma Kelly also came in for Abby, who's still working back to full fitness. We started this game brightly. Harriet Scott's header straight into the hands of the keeper. But Everton grew into the game the longer it went. Ricky Saveke hit the bar for Everton from the corner midway through the first half, but it, they would have to wait till the 44th minute before the breakthrough. Izzy Christiansen with a lovely flick around the corner in the path of Simone McGill, who fired past Hannah Hampton to open the scoring. That's the sort of quality that money gets you, Chris. Yeah, I thought Izzy throughout the whole game was absolutely tremendous. First half, I didn't think that much of Everton. I thought the game plan was was going in our way um, at stages. I thought we we were defending pretty pretty confidently. You know, Everton were having a lot of ball, a lot of the possession, but I think that was that, that wasn't a real concern for us. But it was Christiansen's movement 
her um, intelligence, her fitness. She was, you know, picking the ball up off the back four. And then next thing you knew, she was linking up with with the front players. And she was the constant thorn in, in, in the side. And as you said, to pick out McGill. And in fairness to her, it was a really good finish as well, past Hampton. But I think that was a that was a big, big blow just before halftime. If we'd have gone to halftime, nil-nil, I think we, we'd have had every right to say that's that was probably our half. We We did what we had to do. And maybe momentum would have been a little bit different in the second half, but you know them getting the goal gave them the boost they needed. Yeah, as we went into the half, one nil down, I think it was, and then um, we had a few chances of our own in the second half. Lucy whipped long range efforts, went straight to the keeper. Uh, Claudia Walker sent an effort over the bar as well, which was deflected. Uh, the second for Everton came from a bit of loose marking. Ingrid Mulvold found space on the right hand side before lifting across to the back post, where Nicolene Sorensen was there to tap home. As tiredness began to show, Izzy was once again involved her quick pass to Molly Pike, who in turn then played Valerie Gouvan, who finished well to make it 3-0 the final score. It was an uncharacteristically downbeat performance, Chris. Obviously, tiredness played a factor in this game as we go on to the Chelsea game in a bit. But there's a resilience in this blue side that will not let a defeat like this phase them now. Yeah, and, and that's the important thing. You know, we knew that the tired legs were were, were going to be play, were going to play a part in the semi-final at some point. You know, I think that's why. Certainly in the first half, we, we we let Everton have the ball, but they didn't do a lot with it, which which sort of preserved our energy for, for, for as long as possible. So I think if, if we'd have gone in nil-nil at half-time, you know, psychologically, the you know the manager can go in and say, you, you, you're doing your job, you're doing fantastically well, and it gives the players just even that 1% or 2% more in terms of adrenaline. You're 45 minutes away from a FA Cup final, and, you know, but... Again, as that second half wore on, they started picking a few more gaps. You know, when you can bring the likes of Govan on and Hayley Rasso on, which they did off the bench, obviously. Um, against tired legs, it's gonna they, they're going to have a field day. And ultimately, that I think the third goal, like you say, Christiansen, again, drifting in, into gaps where perhaps a, a fully fit blue side who... Who hadn't played 120 minutes three days earlier? Would it, someone would have been picking it up? But she's so clever to to find those areas. But yeah, and again, it was the you know there was there was no downing of tools. There was no lack of intensity. There was no lack of willing, if you like. The players didn't look disinterested, and 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 those are the positives that we should be taking forward, even in in terms of defeat, which it was on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As as you said, it was a great um, effort to get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup after what well, a hard season it was last year, and, and obviously with the pandemic and stuff that's affected us. To get there is great, and hopefully we can get one step further in the future. But for now, semi-finals really good for us. Let's move on to the Chelsea game now. Then it was a one-nil defeat, but it's a result that could be vital in the final weeks of the season. Aston Villa losing by a large margin on Saturday. We needed to not suffer a similar fate against the might of Chelsea. And despite a Fran Kirby header, we pretty much shut up shop and produced a defensive masterclass against some of the biggest names in women's football. Every one of those Blues players today put in a hell of a shift. A lot of them have played 300 minutes of football in seven days and were still running when the final whistle blew. What can we say, Chris? Simply incredible. Yeah, in terms of work rate, you know, hands down, there is, there is nothing you could say, but, you know, admire them. Harriet Scott, Rachel Corsi, Bex Holloway. You know, that, that back line, obviously Georgia didn't play on Wednesday, but Georgia was exceptional. Against Chelsea, 
you know, you, you're always going to be underdogs. Everybody, in my opinion, everybody in the league is underdogs when they play Chelsea. But you, you look at the names that they bought off the bench and they created chances. They had, they had, you know, obviously shots on goal. They weren't as as lethal and as efficient as they as they normally are. But do you know what? A lot of the time, that was even getting within half a yard of someone just to put the pressure on to make them think twice. Um, I, I look back at the Beth England where she's got an open goal. First connection isn't good, but last season there'd have been no one there and she'd have been able to follow up, mop up her own mistake. But this time Harriet Scott is is clearing it off the line and little things like that. And again, in defeat, you always have to try and take positives. And I thought, work right, commitment to the cause. With 15 minutes to go, Claudia Walker heads just wide. Could have been a different story if that sneaks in the other side of the post. You know, 300 minutes of football in a week and those players were still going and they've been fantastic, yeah. After a confident start, we conceded in the ninth minute. Frank Kirby's winning a header against Bex and found the net. We know how good she is, Chris, but it's nice to see Frank Kirby back to her best. She's obviously had a torrid time in recent seasons, but from perhaps being on the edge of leaving Chelsea to find game time, she's proving more important than any of the big names that have joined this summer. Uh, it would have been nice if she'd have come back to her best next week, but <laughs> obviously she's had, a, she's had a rough ride of it with, with injuries and when you are going through what she was going through and the club that you play for and currently can't play for her, signing Sam Kerr and then Peniel Harder, you know, it's Beth England scoring week in, week out. It, you know, it would have taken, it would have knocked her conf- could have knocked her confidence at some point, but obviously she's she's a strong girl. She's determined and, and, and she finds herself, well, I thought she was their best player today, to, to get herself back in that side and, 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 and be making an impact is is good for her. Um, disappointing the way we conceded. Um, you know, you go 90 minutes against Chelsea and the only goal you concede is from a, a, a set piece, which you know, probably should have been headed away before it got to Kirby, but took nothing away. It, it did get to her and she headed it and she finished it nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And now Bex of last season might have dwelled on that moment when she let Frank Kirby out jumper, but this season she's so much stronger mentally. She bounced back at the next corner, seeing off Sophie Ingle as she looks to win a a header at the back post. Then Bex shepherds the ball out when Erin Cuthbert's trying to muscle her off the ball. I think Bex, out of all of them, Chris, has shown the difference that Carla has made to this side. She looks so much more confident since Carla came in. Yeah, that's fair and, and, and happier playing centre-back last season, probably out of necessity, whether she wanted to or not, whether she was comfortable doing so or not, is, you know, only only she can really, really answer that question. But Carla's already mentioned in in terms of a a few people that weren't sure whether they wanted to carry on this summer. Um, If Bex was one of those, then as you say, it goes to show what a a sterling job Carla's done in, in turning the fortunes around because she does, she looks stronger. She looks fitter. She looks like she can compete in this division against, uh, as you say, the, who she was up against today, some of the some of the best players in the world. So full credit to Bex, making that left-back berth her own. And honestly, when when you play against someone like Chelsea and 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 the back four, five, including Hannah, obviously every, the whole team defends from the front, but that back five, you know, conceding only one against Chelsea um, and defending the way they did, if that can be a, a regular back five throughout the course of the season you'd like to hope that we'll have better days than than what we did on Wednesday night or earlier today yeah correct and um something else I noticed this uh, was Christy Murray at times where she was the deepest player back doing a job for the team as we look to get a bit more on the ball after that opening goal 
She's sharing that leadership you want, Chris, from a captain's doing the jobs you might not like doing, but will benefit the team going forward. And I think Carla will have drilled that into her. Um, you know, Carla, will, we, we know Christy Murray. She's been around the, the league for, for a long time now. She's she's very committed. She's very good on the ball. And and as captain of that side, it, you know, the onus is on her that, that she needs to be showing that drive and, and that willingness and that determination that the rest of the girls can follow. Um, but yeah, again, I think her quality on the ball as well. You know, you, you, she's probably the one that you want picking the ball off the back four and trying to get the play moving. Um, it's always tough against Chelsea. There's, you know, there's not many times you're going to be able to get the ball off off the back four and and have time to do things against Chelsea. But you learn lessons for for, for games going ahead, um, games in the future, and, and hopefully we've. We've seen enough in the last week of of Christy doing that that we we can she can work on it and 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 get even better as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely, and it shows. Carla has been trying to get her for a long time when she was at Sheffield and now at Birmingham. It shows there's obviously a lot that she likes about her, and she's proving why she's such a important asset to the team going forward. There weren't many efforts uh, after the opening goal in the first half. Gura right hand hit the bar for Chelsea with Georgia Brome also trying to look from the edge of the area before blazing over for Birmingham. Going into the second half, we looked to freshen up, bringing on Molly Green and Emma Kelly for Connie Schofield and Jamie Lee Napier. Connie did a solid job with nothing major to report in this one. And I thought Jamie Lee was much improved on her debut performance against Brighton. She looks more up to the pace of the game with more weeks of training under her belt. What did you think of these two today, Chris? Yeah, very very good actually. Um, very solid in their shape, resolute. It's it's always very difficult in terms of you know what what can they do in an attacking sense because when you when you've hardly got much any of the ball against Chelsea, it's very difficult to to gauge um, a player's ability. But yeah, in, in terms of keeping their shape, helping the size in terms of their you know the the defensive responsibilities, then yeah, very good. Um, uh, again, Napier, I think, is someone that the more she plays, the better she'll get um, playing regular minutes. Connie, we know we know what Connie's got, uh, energy in bundles, you know. So, But it's good to have options off the bench now. Molly Green coming on and um, obviously Abby Grant was you know, on the bench as well. When when she's back to back to full fitness, it'll be, it'll be good to have her involved more. So, yeah, the, the, again, positive signs, yeah. Chelsea called for the Cavalry 2 with the introduction of Sam Kerr, G, Neve Charles and later Pernell Harder. Beth England had the ball in the net but it was ruled offside for Sam Kerr being in an offside position. England was once again involved shortly after, as Chris mentioned earlier. G's effort was palmed into her path by Hannah Hampton before Harriet Scott came out of nowhere to get this tackle in on the line. This was unbelievable stuff, Chris. You mentioned it, but just shows the determination of the club captain there. Yeah, and uh, as I said before, last season... You know, I think I think Beth England is is on her own. No one within five yards of her probably. Um, Hannah's put it straight into back into the danger zone rather than trying to tip it over the bar, maybe. But Beth should put it away, shouldn't she? That's that's the reality. But the the you know, as a defender, all you can do is hope that the attacker makes a mistake and then you do your job. And Harriet did just that. Didn't give up on it. Beth fumbled the first one and then Harriet clears it off the line. You know, even then it's still a difficult, a difficult task with the ball ball rolling towards the net. But yeah, it was it was um fantastic defending and again kind of shows the kind of the responsibility Harriet as as a senior member of that back four um has got now that you know the the onus is on her and that that kind of determination and um and focus 
and you know, to, to to get the ball off the line to stay in the game will will be something that the rest of the team can thrive off. Scott was then involved up the other end for Birmingham with one of their best chances of the game. She managed to cut inside Yona Anderson and curl a great cross into the path of Claudia Walker, who nodded it narrowly wide of the far post. My head was in my hands at this moment, Chris. It was almost a perfect conclusion to this game, but it just went wide. That goes in and you you, you praise the, the game plan totally, don't you? That we haven't had any other ball, but we took our one chance that we got. Um, yeah, it was, it was unlucky. Um, a, a really good... Really good move from Harriet. Um, good cross in, and and as you say, Claudia's actually got decent connection on the header, but unfortunately, it's just gone the wrong side of the post. But it had um, it had Berger scrambling. Um, I think she was slightly concerned about it about it sneaking in. But yeah, um, if if that would have gone in, it would have been it would have been their just rewards. Yeah. And one final thought on this game. Obviously, you mentioned it, Chris. Every single player on that pitch did an absolute shift today. Hannah Hampton, great saves. The defence, solid. Midfield, good. Claudia, lone striker again. She did well for what she had to do. And we didn't get the result, but obviously it's much improved on what we got last last season against Chelsea. 6-0 defeat in the same fixture last season. And we're doing so much more with what we've got. And Carla's getting the best out of them. Yeah, it's, it's team spirit and, you know, and willingness to... And, and commitment to the cause, you know. And again, it's you know, you, you you play for the manager, and and if you if you believe in the manager and believe in what she's telling you, then worse sides than than we've had before will you know will will we'll get better results at the end of the day. So, you know, especially after Wednesday, I, I can't. If we'd have gone straight from the Brighton game, the quarterfinal to today and lost one 0 and performed the way we did, I'd I'd still be saying the same things throw in that uh, Everton game on Wednesday night as well and and you know the, their effort and their desire um and and the fitness they show the fitness levels they showed are, are even more are even more brilliant so um yeah you can only applaud only applaud what they've done and and hope that they learn from it for for the games to come now that's all for part one coming up in part two we preview our upcoming games against Blackburn Rovers and Reading Welcome back to Great Sin 68. I'm here with Chris. We will now look ahead to this upcoming week of fixtures. It's another double header for us as we travel to Blackburn Rovers on Wednesday before travelling to Reading on Sunday. First up, as mentioned, is Blackburn Rovers in the first of our Continental Cup group matches. Rovers picked up their first one of the season today, a 3-2 win over Crystal Palace, thanks to a 94th minute winner from Natasha Fenton. What do you expect from this one, Chris? Blackburn will be looking to cause an upset and Carla will likely want to rotate players after a busy week. Yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what to expect. Actually, it's it's one of them. I, I think Carla will 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 rest a few legs. Um, yeah, we've got a, a busy schedule coming up, so I can't imagine that she'd go the same eleven again that, that played today. Um, so I'm sure she'll she'll use the competition to to give a few players some minutes. It's difficult to gauge where we're going to be at in terms of our our mentality towards the game. Obviously we want to win every game we play. And I think that's something that the manager will be drilling into the players this week that, you know, even though she might be swapping a few players around that the the desire is still to go and win the game, you know, to get that winning feeling going. I think Blackburn, obviously, uh, um, you know, a championship side and the the pressure will be on us to, to to go out and win the game and Blackburn can go into it with a bit of freedom in, in, in the hope that they can, they can cause an upset. 
A familiar face might get a run out on Wednesday. Keeper Alex Brooks joined Blackburn after leaving Blues in the summer. They've also brought in keeper Fran Bentley from Manchester United, defender Jade Richards from Aston Villa and forward Elise Hughes from Everton. It'll be a tough test for us midweek, not just because we're favourites going into this, but due to the fatigue, as you mentioned, playing our fourth game in 10 days. Fresh off the back of the trip to Lancashire, Birmingham City will travel to Reading, our fifth game in 14 days. Kelly Chambers' side are on a two-match winning streak after seeing off Aston Villa and West Ham United. They will also face Charlton Athletic in midweek. What do you make of the new look, Reading, Chris? They've lost the likes of Remy Allen, Jade Moore and Joe Potter. We've brought in the household names such as Emma Mitchell, Jess Fishlock, Danielle Carter and Deanna Cooper. Cooper's someone that I was really, you know, hoping hoping Blues would be looking to secure in the summer. I think she's a she's an excellent prospect. Um, obviously, Jess, people like Jess Fishlock and and Dan Carter, we know that they, they are game changers on their day. I think you know there's a bit of a everybody knew what they were getting with Reading when Joe and Remy and Jade were there, and seemed to be going through a little bit of a transition. But obviously, picked up good results home to Villa and away to West Ham today. So they, you know they they show that they're still they're still in their fight. He's still picking up good results. Still difficult to score goals against. Two clean sheets in their last league uh, last two league games. So. It'd be difficult to, yeah. They'll still be the resolute, you know, feisty red inside, but obviously with that, just that intensity dropped off. Maybe that we used to have between the two sides. Um, you know, there's been a lot of change at Blues, and obviously change uh, over the summer at Reading as well. Um, I think they'll be favourites going into it, so um, we'll have to relish our underdogs tag again. This is the first season that Reading will be playing full-time from the Majeski Stadium, home of the men's side. They previously played at Adams Park, home of Wickham Wanderers. As a fan of the Blues men's side as well as the women's side, Chris, do you think long-term this is the right move for us as well or not? Oh, yeah, difficult one. Um, I would say no. I like the fact that the Moors is um, the, you know, the, the, the women's ground. Um, you know, I relish the fact that we can go and play when, when we do go and play at St Andrews and 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 the crowd is normally a bit better and and the girls have got the the blues pitch to play at and experience playing at St Andrews but you know that's not blues women's home if you like the moors is where is where we we play and and we go and um you know that sort of feels like home for for blues women i'd be a little bit sad if it turns out that we we were playing at St Andrews every week i don't think it matters for reading there's no a soulless bowl at Wickham and it's a soulless bowl at the Majeski as well. So it's obviously not a viable option at the moment. I think Co- Coventry City still playing there, Chris, as well. Yeah, well that's that's another point. Yeah. 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 That 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 grand share is still going on. So yeah. And the club, as you say, have a great relationship with our host Solihull Moors. So for the long for the short term future at least, it's very it's good at Moors and obviously we get good results there. It's a good we get the good atmosphere down down there every week anyway. I was merely posing the question. Prediction time. It's that time again. Our weekly score predictions. Kaz got a point last week for correctly guessing Everton would win in normal time. Then on to the Chelsea game, we all correctly guessed that Chelsea would win. But as mentioned, not by the, the margin we predicted. And that's credit to the players. Absolutely outstanding. Kaz gets another point for correctly guessing Frank Kirby would score. So where does that leave the greats and 68 points table? In joint second place with three points each, we have me, Stacey and Chris. Then in top spot, we have Kaz, who has now five points. Now on to this week's predictions now. Birmingham City are set to play Blackburn on Wednesday and then Reading next weekend. 
Kaz and Stacey have sussed this now, Chris, and have sent in their predictions ahead of the show, despite not being here. I don't know if it should be allowed, really, but yeah. <laughs> You're gonna, there's going to be so much controversy with this now that I'm keeping score. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our league leader, Kaz, is predicting a 3-1 win to Birmingham uh, against Blackburn with Christy Murray bagging a goal. Stacey has gone for a 2-1 win with Birmingham winning uh, with Claudia scoring. How about you, Chris? I will go 2-0 um, Blues uh, and one of the goal scorers will be Jamie Lee Napier. I've gone for 2-1 Birmingham City with Destiny Tucson scoring after, I, after that brief cameo that she got today. As for the Reading game, I'm predicting a 1-0 win with Abby Grant scoring. Kaz thinks it's going to be a 1-1 draw with Abby scoring too. Stacey is going for a 2-1 win to Reading with Abby scoring as well. How about you, Chris? Final prediction of the week. Nil-nil uh, and nobody scoring. That'd be a nice first point of the season if we can get it. Uh, that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Greats in 68. And always remember to keep right on. <laughs>